Mandy Blair, I'm taking your two dot ellipses technique. I've, I've decided I'm going to take that. I'm going to use your, your two dot ellipses technique because I think the two dot ellipses and the three dot ellipses, speaking about punctuation marks here, punctuation here, uh, I think they have a little different meaning and I've just found the two dot ellipses. Actually, I did it accidentally in a piece of dialogue I've just written and did it accidentally, but I've become accustomed to it. And I think it, I don't even know if a, I don't, that's an intro. I think it might even be a new in a new punctuation mark. Cause I think it has a slight, it indicates a pause, but it indicates a slightly different pause than the three dot ellipses. Anyway, <laughs> makes me think of Zamyatin. What was his name? Eugene, no, not Evgeny Zamyatin. I don't know. He wrote that kind of crazy Russian fictional, the thing that George Orwell sort of copied. I think it had a year. I don't know what it was called, but he was an elliptical writer. He was an elliptical writer. A lot of the Russians use those ellipses a lot. Dostoevsky used them pretty well. Um, I've just come back from a morning walk. I went for a wander. I got up. My brain was in detective mode. I didn't feel like starting the day in detective mode. I, and I got out of it. I had some coffee. I wrote... I mean, part of this, what I'm writing in Beefhampton right now is a very, it's it's a tricky part. It's a tricky part, and I'm, uh, it's making me a little nervous, but I think I got through it anyway. So I was writing that. That might have been what was on my mind. I'm not sure. I was in detective mode. I was swirling. I, I felt like I needed to, to change up my ritual today. Oh, I thought my lighter wouldn't work, and I was needing to start a fire. Fire's crackling, but the temperature's warm enough now. It's going to either be minus 7 tonight or minus 7 tomorrow night. So I did go for a walk. I went for a walk to Israel Cove and I just, I, my plan was to record my walk and make that as kind of like a, a nice, fresh, interesting, different take in the podcast for solitary confinement, the couch cast, my apologies, even though I'd be walking, but solitary confinement in the digital age. So I was, I did, I recorded a, a couch cast 30 minutes. I tried to keep it, it was 30 minutes and two seconds. I tried to keep it to the format and then I tried to send it to my Gmail it didn't go. And I think that's quite, I think it's good because uh, I listened to it on my phone. It, didn't, it hasn't arrived in my Gmail yet because of all the technological backwardness of this place. And uh, I, I, list, I started listening to it. I found it unlistenable. The audio was horrible. I was walking. It was loud. It was rustly. And I just, it was just annoying the hell out of me. The first eight minutes of it was so annoying. And so I'm glad. And I just decided, well, you know, even though that was a that was a it was a good I unburdened myself of a lot and it was a good stroll and it was very interesting too because I ran into and I this was recorded somewhere in the walk I ran into Wanda one of the ladies of the village she also appears in several works of fiction as a character and uh she, we had a nice chat and she has kind of gave me some direction to this day which I was wanting to I almost did it yesterday uh and it's um I'm going to wait for the tide to go out and then I'm going to go to Flower Cove because she was telling me about all, she's like, how are you keeping warm in there? Wanda's the, Wanda appears in Harold's section uh, as the lady that burst into his kitchen and into his house and said, what's going on here? How are you surviving? And uh, that's what she asked me again. And anyway, she gave me the clue of, of there's a whole bunch of great driftwood at uh, Flower Cove to just go take my car down there. She's like, you've got a car, just drive it down there. It was a great conversation. I don't know how clear that came out or not. I been, I couldn't get to that stage because I found my, my couch cast, my walking couch cast to be unlistenable. And I felt so much better when I shut it off. And so I had to take that into account. 
when I considered my listeners or my listener or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so, but it gave it that it, as soon as I met Wanda and talked to her, it was a miracle and that's recorded in the walk. So, but it's just so the sound quality is so awful. But, uh, as soon as I said that, as soon as I saw her and she started telling me information, I knew I wanted to go to Flower Cove and all of my stresses got zapped away. It was like talking to her, zapped it all away, gave my day a definition. I love shower. I love Flower Cove. I'm almost got to the point where I can jog there now. I'm almost at the Flower Cove. I think I've got one more kilometer one way. So like two more kilometers to my jog and I'll be at the Flower Cove turnoff, which is kind of a goal. I don't think I'll be jogging today which is kind of a goal. I'll make that my goal. My goal today is not to jog. You see, I'm going to hold my goals lightly in mind. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go to Flower Cove. I'm going to see if I can get Castro. Castro might want to come to Flower Cove. She's definitely listening right now. Her ears are perched. Perched. She's pretending not to. She's looking the other way, but you can always tell by her ears, the little kooky. She hasn't... Anyway, she doesn't, hasn't gone in... I don't, look, I don't see her getting in the car ever again. Since we got here after Gatineau, uh, she has not come for any... She's not left the property. She's come for zero enjoyment rides. Or no, we went to one. We went to Flower Cove once. Once I think she came. Once. And that's when I saw how difficult it was for her to even handle that. But we'll see. Flower Cove's awesome. It's got the, the world's greatest hermit shack at the end of it. Oh gosh, this island is a treasure. This island is a treasure. And I'm so lucky. And I, you know, I feel. I want to be careful of the feelings of elation. And I want to keep, there's a lot of work to do and there's a lot of repentance. That's another thing that occurred to me on my walk day. I'm kind of clearing obstacles away in my personality, in my life. I'm clearing things away that interfere with a certain functioning of my being. And I'm doing so in large part, I believe, because I need to undergo a process of repentance. Oh, and that's what I was talking about in my walk that made me laugh so hard. Because I, even though mine is no joke, my repentance is no joke. That I need to just under, I just need to go through it more and be more serious and just like to appreciate the beauty of this life. Right now, I'm sitting at my kitchen. There's a duck just floating by, so beautiful under the skirts of Arunima, the dancing lady. And the duck just floats and I'm so lucky to be here and a little bit of wind, a little tickle of wind goes across the skin, the skin of the pond. Oh, the, anyway. The fire's going a little, I think my lighter is about to die, but I really don't want to transfer any money into anywhere. I just want to go until Tuesday. As a total bone, I want to cheerfully go without. I think I can. I just, if my fire dies, if the fire goes out, I'm just so cheap. I don't want to spend this electricity. I, I should even get this heat dish out of here, but I'll keep it just in case. So, yes, I was talking about repentance, and I just, one of the things that occurred to me was the beautiful part of the wonderful book, Don Quixote, which needs to be brought for more into the Herald part. The Herald section is going to feature more of Don Quixote because it begins with the windmill. And even Harold's going to, because Harold, one of his characters, parts of his character I'm going to add is that he, he was an actor. That's how he learned how to disguise his accents and stuff. And he also went to Columbia 
university. He was one of the few Australians uh, to kind of get a cultural scholarship overseas. And he went and studied like theater or some film, whatever, theater probably, theater, yeah. And then he appeared in Don Quixote. because like, He's not going to be a very well-read man. I don't want, there's no possible way that Harold could be as, Harold, who is John O'Banks, could be as well-read as Andy Zalupan. And that's, I've kind of, one of, that's one thing I'm going to change in Harold's character when I get back into it. And yes, one is in the Herald section, and that was a nice sign too. I guess that's a sign too. That's the way I look at the universe is cheering me. Now I'm, I'm transitioning. John O'Banks, I'm getting out of Beef Hampton. So Beef Hampton is going to be about, is basically all about Andy Zalupan. But at the end, towards the end of it, John O'Banks is met. And then the next part of the trilogy here in Absentia, which I haven't got, a, I haven't really landed on a name for the next part yet, uh, but it takes place out here. It features Harold slash John O'Banks primarily, just like the first one featured Andy. Ah, yeah, it's, it's exciting, but it's a huge, it's a kind of, it's kind of stressful to feel like I'm coming towards the end of this, of one section, one complete thing that's, uh, that I've, uh, that's been like, just, I can't even describe what a central part of my life it's been. <laughs> yeah, and repentance. So, so Don Quixote, so Harold's going to play Don Quixote, but as far as I'm concerned, like even me coming here personally on a, like there's this part of the book which is hilarious and ridiculous where Don Quixote he feels he has to do repentance he has to repent for something so he gets Sancho to like drop him off in like or he to leave him alone in like this totally desolate rocky area where like no human beings are and he starts putting himself through these like rigorous horrendous acts of penitence I can't remember. I would like to read that scene again. He's gone for a while. And I think the only way he, he meets some people in there and they end up, everyone realizes just how crazy he is. And they kind of, he becomes useful to people in his craziness. They try to, some people, sometimes he's useful as like just, some people are just using him as a fool, treating him like a total fool. And others, I think they use him to get something done. And he's trying to get Sancho to deliver a letter. I can't remember. But they come back. Sancho just thinks this man has lost it. Like Sancho couldn't be happier to get away from his master. <laughs> his master. Oh, anyway. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. And Don Quixote has always been an inspiration for me. And even the scene. And that mirrors the scene of like Zarathustra. Nietzsche's Zarathustra who goes up the mountain. Thus spoke Zarathustra. And then comes down from the mountain of changed man going away, disappearing from society. You know, for me now, I'm just, I'm deciding that the solitary confinement in the digital age is the formula for me. It's the formula. Uh, the couch cast, the fourth cinema, it's truly, it's truly there. And I just need to kind of, I do need to, you know, there's, there's still a great deal of equilibrium I need to obtain. And I'm not going to even kid myself there, but I know I have the opportunity. I have the opportunity to attain this equilibrium for as long as I want. And I've got, ah, oh, I've got, I've, I've got, anyway, I've got the opportunity and I've got the ability, I've got the knowledge. Everyone I believe probably has the ability. Although in the Juan Falloon, I do respect a lot of uh, the Falun Dafa, a lot of Dafa, what they say. Master Lee says, which is just again a, a kind of a combined regurgitation of older things, and I, I don't believe that there's any evidence that, from what I've seen, that uh, Master Lee is trying to 
treat himself like a cult leader or anything. I mean, he's primarily a deliverer of wisdom. He's not out. I mean, there's, I, he, he seems to, he keeps it pretty low profile as far as I'm concerned. I don't see him much. Maybe that's because China's trying to kill him. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, one of the things they talk about is enlightenment quality. And that's one thing I know I have. That's one thing in the Juan Falun that got me. I was read, I was doing all these other spiritual aspects. I started reading Juan Falun in the bush as a tree planter. Tara gave it to me. And in that book, they frequently talk about enlightenment quality. And I and whether you have that, and they do, and Master Lee does say that that is a factor in your personal development, that everyone can develop, but certain people have greater enlightenment quality. And when I read that, I've always found that I have good i have feel i've always felt in the to the core of my being that i am one of the people that does have very high enlightenment quality you know i felt that and i don't know if everyone feels that when they read it maybe everybody feels that way because maybe everybody does but i can only speak too much for myself i can't say that everybody does i can't say that certain people don't i can say people make effort people don't make effort but that doesn't have anything to do with enlightenment quality so it's just the ability of a person to be the likelihood and the ability. I just feel like that spoke to me and I don't know. I'm glad it did, but I have all the ingredients. I have all the ingredients set limitations within myself within which I experience complete freedom and I'm getting there. I'm getting there or I'm, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting there. There's power in myself. I don't say that I'm not like everybody else, merely a molecule of God. I don't say that I'm not. I am a molecule of God. We're all molecules of God, just like Castro is an equal molecule of God or this, you know, everything is a molecule. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like some music now. What do I want to listen to? Do I feel like music? Such a strange day. Is it the 24th? Wednesday the 24th, we're about the halfway mark of this couch cast. I feel like at least the sound quality will be better. I don't know. It was, I would have liked to have had that encounter with Wanda on my, let's see if I can find it here. So I'm going to play it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quickly, can I, can I, I can maybe play it out loud. Let's see here. I go like, where did I meet her? I met her about, let's see. This is how bad it is. Aren't you glad I'm not making a list of this? Where's one? I'm just going to go to the end of Israel, go to the pier, and walk back just a little morning. I heard it's going to go down to minus seven tonight or tomorrow. Well, maybe we'll get it all over with this time. I've been very happy with the winter so far, I gotta say. It's been like.
That's it. Anyway, I don't know if you can hear that or not. That's me walking. Anyway, I'm pretty excited after meeting one that gave my day purpose core. It felt like hopefully that was the reason I needed to go for a walk, but I'm not going to say hopefully. Whatever it is. Anyway. Whatever it is. 821. Tides in. The tides in. I'm going to wait for the tide to go out. I'm going to chop you la. Everything's a little disjointed today, but it has to be. And I got it. Uh, yeah. This island is beautiful. I also walked up to the house. There's a there's a certain place. There's a couple of things I want. There's a oh I know one of the things I did. I walked to the end of Israel Cove and I took. This is what I'll do. I'll put the picture up. I knew there was a picture I wanted to to uh, to make the the picture for this podcast because there's this little there's two places I there's a few places I really have my eye on here. You know I'm very delighted to have this house. I love it. But there's a couple other places that are just awesome and one idea i had was there's a fish house at the end of there's about five fish houses which are like little things on stilts that the tide comes under on israel cove which is a sand beach and the last fish house right before the little pier there has um it's it's like the last fish house has a little there's a little stretch of sand beach between the pier and the fish house and i just feel that, that would be the best little summer place like there's electricity going to it you could sort of live down there you have a little you could just have such an easy life down there, right on the water. The tide would come in. You could go for swims. There's a pier. And I don't think fish houses are that expensive. And I don't think people here really value – I just think people here still think a fish house is a fish house. And I'm hoping that maybe that could, I could get a deal on that fish house. The other spot is this yellow house that's on the point, and I just love that. I went there this morning again. I went for a little. I just went. I just wandered. It was a nice. It was a good morning. It was a good morning to do that to relax. Uh, I needed to relax. My mind was being a detective over actual legal issues, not over, uh, not over personal issues. Unfortunately, all of there's such an overlap. But anyway. It's fine. That part's okay. But my mind was being a detective. And I guess I was worried that I was going to detective into areas I just didn't swamp. I just didn't want to fish the swamp. The swamp is like, just don't fish the swamp. So I went for the walk, went for an extended walk up to the hockey, just up to the house I love, which is connected by a trail to this little hockey pond. And that, but that, the view over that water from that house, it's got this big, beautiful lawn that surrounds it it's old it's yellow it's falling down but the view over the water and the way the water sound you can hear the water flowing and in this part the passage is like a river here this is the passage that connects saint mary's bay to the bay of fundy and it's a strip that runs between the mainland of canada at the far end of digby neck to tiverton it's like almost the closest part of land to the mainland it feels like it is and there's a lobster boat going through the passage. And once it, when I saw it, I was reminded again that I don't want to be on a lobster boat. I'm so glad I'm not out there working. I don't enjoy working on the boat. It seems like a nice thing. It's one of those things that when you see it from the shore, you think, man, that would be nice to be working on that. Wouldn't that be a nice way to, you know, I just never found it such. In fact, one time in Sydney, it's the same with crab fishing. When I was crab fishing out west, 
I used to see these crab boats before I started. I'd be like, man, I'd like to. That seems like a nice way. I'd see the seagulls falling on them. They're throwing the bait. I thought they were throwing food to the seagulls. They were just throwing their bait overboard as they were cleaning the traps. That's what I did down the road. But, huh. No, it's good. Uh, anyway, but then I started, yeah, I started working on it. It was just, it was the worst. It's not fun at all. It's not fun at all. It's kind of, it's loud. The diesel engine's really loud on those things. The pay, cutting the bait reeks. You're followed by seagulls all day, and they're just squawking at you. In my cases, the captains have mostly, most of, almost always been unpleasant to be around. There's very, I've been very, I've, I've worked with very few, I've had very few like pleasant days on a boat. <laughs> with a captain and I've actually worked a lot on boats now I've worked had a lot of days I probably had maybe a hundred days on a boat which is pretty you know it's enough and plus you're dragging stuff out of the ocean catching the crabs it was so unsatisfying I didn't work the lobster boat enough to feel that same dissatisfaction though I did my heart did does pity them and the crabs you pull them out they're looking at you with their eyes that you know their lives are over it's all it's so glad you're almost happy when you don't catch any because you as a crab fisherman, you throw the females back and the ones that are too small back, the women and children, basically, and the old ones. If they're really old and ugly, you throw them back, too, like because people have to want to eat the crabs. And some of these really old ones have, like, barnacles all over them. And it's just like, ugh, just like humans. And they, the crabs are looking at you just like humans out of these eyes. They're terrified. You could, there's, I'm sure emotionally, they definitely have emotions. And emotionally, there's no difference between, like, a I'm sure the Jews felt the same horror. It's the same thing. It's like a it's a Holocaust every day. So you go out there. It looks nice from the shore. Oh, out there, beautiful. But you go out there and you you commit a Holocaust on a part of nature, torture them. Then anyway, it's just not satisfying. Oh, it's so much more satisfying doing this. I'm gonna have some raisin toast. Castro baby, why did I wake so crazy? Castro baby. So, one of the things I'm going to do over the next few months is I'm going to buy a printer. I'm going to buy a printer. I'm going to offer Oliver to, I'm going to send Oliver a message offering him to, Oliver, do you accept PayPal? I'd like to send you like 70 bucks. I'm gonna send him something like that. I'll get him laughing. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna send seventy bucks. I'm gonna ask him a legal opinion on a certain something. I've got all the things for you. I'll send you. If you devote twenty, so it's two hundred twenty-five an hour. So if he votes, how much is twenty minutes? How much is okay? So half an hour is one hundred twenty-five. Jeez, purse. Ten minutes. All I got is ten. Is that ten minutes? Is that fifty bucks? Fifty, ten, a hundred. 20 no so 225 an hour that means okay so that's 60 minutes in an hour so 225 divided by 20 by 60 sorry let's go he's getting paid what does this mean three dollars and 75 cents a minute 375 times 60 375 a minute so if i send him 37.50 I'm gonna to offer to send him 37 PayPal him 3750. 
for 10 minutes for a 10 minute opinion. That's what I could do. I could pay for, if I'm going to propose to him, I'm going to propose to send him $37 and 50 cents via PayPal. I'm going to send him this brief thing. It's 10 minutes. It'll take three minutes to read. It would take three minutes to read, and I'm sure he's quick, he's sharp. No more than seven minutes to, maybe two minutes to quickly refresh the, the definition of extortion, which I will provide for him to save time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Castro, we stink. 25 minutes left. Great. Good news, everybody. There's less than five minutes remaining in this podcast. It's been an okay one. It's been better than yesterday was great. I loved yesterday's podcast because I just loved my dictionary. That was just so fun for me. The dictionary just provided everything. Today, I guess it's been my second podcast. Oh, God, I needed to do two podcasts today as well. I've done two anyway, even though I'm only publishing one because that other one was horrendous. Um, wow. I'm running out of toilet paper. I'm going to message Oliver. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask him for 10 minutes. I'm going to send him this just this one little section about extortion. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then if you if, that, if <laughs> that'll make him laugh. He'll like that. He'll like it. You got to keep him laughing. He's got a sense of humor. That's one thing I like about Oliver Jansen. He's got a sense of humor. You got to like these guys with senses of humor. As, you know, I've been watching a lot of stand-up lately. i got to say, I'm liking Brian Regan, Jerry's buddy, and that Sebastian Marquis, whole little guy. I, can't, I don't really know how to say his last name, but he's he's pretty funny. I started watching him last night, and I just turned it off. Um, you know what? I'm just going to play. i got to take a crap, actually. So I'm going to just go into Netflix, and I'm going to play a bit of that Sebastian guy for you just as I run upstairs and take a crap. Because I think that's, uh, this will be my third crap of the day. What? I don't understand. I have decided for certain, for certain, let's go with what's wrong with people. How about this? Let's just go like this. I don't know. I'm just going to play it. I do, I am definitely, if Freud would have classified me as anal expulsive as all the stages. I'm not oral. I'm not anal retentive. I'm anal expulsive in solitary confinement in the digital age. This doesn't want to play. I don't know. Hey, some jokes here. Okay, I'm gonna go poo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here's Sebastian Manis Gallo. Oh, oh come on. What do we gotta put up with? What is this hut? Because <laughs> these people at work in the huts are aggressive. <laughs> these sales techniques are very aggressive. You ever get attacked with cream? <laughs> You'll be walking out of nowhere. You want to try cream? <laughs> try cream. It's good. It's from Israel. It's good cream. <laughs> it's hand lotion. <laughs> they act like they got something that we've never seen before. <laughs> Who's trying the cream and going, oh my God. <laughs> I'm soft. What the hell is this? <laughs> You got bottles of this back there? <laughs> Weird stuff are happening in these huts. 
shredding eyebrows. Have you seen this? A woman is laying down and someone's just... There's eyebrow shrapnel flying everywhere. Landing in my Auntie Anne's. world is changing, man. The wall with the subway. Why is this a problem? Getting a sandwich. It's a sandwich. I got behind the lady. It looked like it was her first time out ever. <laughs> Just a look of confusion, bewilderment came up to the counter. <laughs> How does this work here? What do you do? It says step one, big bread. You don't see it? <laughs> How do you make a sandwich at home? <laughs> what do you start throwing ham all over the table? And she saw the condiments, her head almost popped off her body. She was sitting there looking at the condiments, telling the guy, not that tomato, no, the third one underneath, that one on the side, I want that tomato. It's not 